Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. We dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century, tempered by war, disciplined by a hard and bitter peace, proud of our ancient heritage, and unwilling to witness or permit the slow undoing of those human rights to which this nation has always been committed and to which we are committed today at home and around the world. JFK, husband. Father, President, the 35th President of the United States of America represented everything you'd expect from the leader of the free world. Charm, charisma, energy, and most importantly, he gave hope. However, on November the 22nd, 1963, his life was ended and tragically taken by a lone gunman called Lee Harvey Oswald. Or was it? In this episode of TTM Conspiracies, we are joined by our friend from the USA, Kelsey Steele, from the YouTube channel Glamour and Goosebumps, as we try to piece together an answer to the age-old question, who took the life of JFK? You're listening to the TTM Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the TTM Podcast in association with Kelsey Steele and Glamour and Goosebumps. In today's episode, we talk about the JFK assassination. But before we dive into that, we're going to quickly hand over to Kelsey to talk about her fantastic YouTube channel, 
Glamour and Goosebumps. Oh, thank you so much, Harrison. Appreciate that. And I'm so excited to be with you guys for our second podcast together. The first one we did on the Travis Walton abduction, which was so fun. And I think that we just kind of became fast friends. And so hopefully you guys will be able to see me for future, you know, TTM podcast episodes, but I'm Kelsey Davis or Kelsey Steele, sorry. And uh, I come from Glamour and Goosebumps, which is a YouTube channel um, where I do my makeup and I tell spooky stories. And so this week's episode is actually about me doing a dragon special effects makeup and talking about a true life haunted story. So you should definitely come check it out. But today's story is going to be about the JFK assassination. And I am so excited that the boys asked me to be a part of this because I actually live in Dallas, Texas. And so what better way of adding a little bit of the state to this by having me talk about it straight from, you know, my home city and state. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into kind of the backstory of who John F. Kennedy was, how he became elected, and then of course, unfortunately, his assassination and how that really, you know, just changed the course of of history for the US as well as the world. Um, So John Fitzgerald Kennedy, often known as Jack, was a Democrat that came from wealthy parents. Um, He had a really politically affiliated family from Brookline, Massachusetts, and he graduated from Harvard in 1940, Um, but he did also serve in World War II. So I love the fact that he did have a little bit of war experience. Um, And, you know, his presidency was really in the height of the Cold War. Um, When he was a state representative for Massachusetts, he was known for really passing some great legislation, which led him to become the 35th president at just 40 years young, 43 years young, um, which is the youngest. I mean, so crazy to think at 43 years old, here you are as president, right? Um, So Mm. he narrowly defeated his Republican uh, counterpart, which is Richard Nixon. Um, And this is, you know, the real big reason why I think he he was able to take on somebody as big as Nixon at the time was because they actually had the very first televised debate. And I know in U.S., if you guys caught the most recent debates, weren't those a catastrophe? Well, let me tell you. Uh, Yeah. Right? That is not how debates are supposed to go. And if you want a true presidential debate, you should really ta- watch the, the Nixon and JFK debate because 70 million Americans tuned it. It was the largest televised and very first televised debate ever. And that was really the turning point in JFK and his his ability to take over the seat as, as the president of the United States. I mean, that after that debate that he had, you saw his, you know, just approval rates go up and people wanting him. And he ended up really sweeping and taking the country by storm. Um, His major campaign promise was time for greatness. Um, And keep in mind that this was at the height of the Cold War. So there was a lot of just negativity going on in the world. And what JFK really wanted was to bring back that power and uh, to be that world leader that the United States was known for, to to gain that stability. You know, he really wanted to defeat communism and take a tougher kind of crack on foreign policy, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, And, you know, he really wanted to increase funding NASA and make us the very first country uh, to ever land on the moon, which, of course, as we know, we succeeded. Um, So really with that campaign promise, he brought out a whole new group of people who had never been into politics before. And I know for me personally, JFK is somebody who's in my like matrix. He's somebody I look up to because, of course, he was a liberal leader, but I think he really brought a youth to the office that we had never seen before. And you saw an uprising in younger people really rising to the challenge and taking a seat and serving um, in a political um, arena. So JFK, of course, was loved by many. So his death was, I mean, extremely difficult. Um, But he served, like I said, in the height of the Cold War. And during his serving, you have to understand that before he took office, Eisenhower was actually in the midst of really trying to overthrow the Cuban government at the time, who was a really big, um, just threat to us because cuba was really in cahoots with russia and let me tell you with cuba being a hundred some miles off of the coast you know they could easily um you know really cause some national security issues right yeah 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 for sure yeah definitely so um in like 1961 um 
they really wanted to basically overthrow the Cuban government. And this was where JFK had to make a very critical decision. And that decision was, do, does he go with Eisenhower's goal to overthrow, who at the time was Castro, who was running the Cuban government at the time, and again, in cahoots with Russia, or would he decide to not? Well, remember when I said his biggest campaign promise was to be tougher on foreign policy? He felt like backing down from this would just be detrimental to his political career. And so that's where you get the Bay of Pigs, which as you guys know, the Bay of Pigs was, um, you know, largely seen as one of the biggest downfalls in JFK's political history um, as, you know, we it, it was not successful in any way. Um, actually, it kind of made us a little bit of the laughing stock of, especially with Cubans, because it failed so miserably. And actually, the government was really upset with JFK um, right before the time of his assassination, because they felt that he should have, if he decided to really do this, to over overthrow the Cuban government, that he should should have given more U.S. support to, you know, this um, this endeavor to overthrow Castro. And because he didn't and because we didn't succeed, um, the government at the time was was just a little irritated with JFK and thought that he could have done more. And so, of course, all of this would happen. And then he would land um, in Dallas to, you know, start his his uh, his role in really trying to kind of just gain a following in Dallas, who had been a really far right state for quite some time. And of course, with, you know, Kennedy being very liberal, that's where they really wanted to spend their time kind of gaining that following and gaining um, that approval. Yeah, so um, important to note as well, uh, Kelsey, during this, obviously, um, Lyndon B. Johnson, the vice president at the time, former governor of Texas, really saw it as his home state. Almost a little bit, um, almost embarrassed, ashamed that sort of the, the their perception in Texas now. And also, and uh, he was becoming slightly disillusioned with his role as vice president. He he didn't feel he had enough power, enough influence um, over things as he did when he was obviously in control of Texas. So it really, when they went to Texas, it was sort of almost like a bit of a salvage job. They were going there to try and gain um, public approval uh, in Texas, where they felt they were, they were losing you know, public approval uh, ahead, of, uh, ahead of the trip to Texas. Effectively, it was they were going there to sort of gain f followers. Mm -hmm. uh, um, James, do you want to take us away with, with what happened on that fateful day? Of course, obviously. So the president arrives in Dallas in Texas, has breakfast in the morning, visits a cemetery in Arlington at the unknown soldier's grave. Little did he know that he would be buried there less than two weeks later. Fast forward to the presidential motorcade. It began its route without incident, indeed stopping twice to shake hands with some Catholic nuns and then some school children. Further along, at 12.29 p.m., the presidential limousine entered Dealey Plaza, where a dozen unknown amateur and pro still and motion picture photographers captured the very last living images of President Kennedy. The motorcade then entered Houston Street and slowly approached the Texas School Book Depository head on. Mm -hmm. At this moment, the course of the history of the world changed forever. Three shots ring out. It's worth noting that 80% of the witnesses that were there that day did indeed recall hearing three separate shots. Wow. The first shot missed completely. The second shot to this very day, decades later, is the source of huge controversy. It went through the president's neck, hit the right shoulder of Governor Colony, exited underneath his right nipple into his right wrist, exited from the wrist and then embedded itself into his left thigh. Mm -hmm. This is what they call the magic bullet. This bullet remained intact. The third shot was fatal. It struck the president in the head. 
and ended up fatally killing President Kennedy. Mm-hmm. The first lady, Jackie Kennedy, then leapt onto the back of the limousine to gather the president's scattered brain matter, something no wife should ever have to go through. Oh, gives me goosebumps. Yeah. At this point, the car sped off to Parkland Memorial Hospital just four minutes away. Upon arrival at the hospital, a Catholic priest was summoned to administer the last rites and at 1 p.m., President John F. Kennedy was pronounced dead. Tragic. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw a few things out there now with regards to the, the incident. First of all, the motorcade route mm-hmm. was planned out by the CIA. Yes. Local FBI and law enforcement were not aware of the route, and they were not made aware of the route prior. Isn't that so crazy to have a president, like, becoming, and you don't tell them what route that you're going to take? Like, yeah. Well, keep going, sorry. It, it, tradi- traditionally, traditionally, a motorcade route for this sort of um, event would be very simple, straight, mm-hmm. plenty of... Um, scope for you know getting out of the way and that sort of thing uh vehicles around the motorcade at the presidential limousine would typically be in a wedge formation um in order to provide protection for the president it wasn't the case on on this occasion the route had a lot of turns and corners mm-hmm. which again goes against what would normally be typical of this sort of event in order to keep the motorcade was wasn't able to have a, a like a steady route, like a, like a clean route. It was mm-hmm. stopping, it was turning, it was going around corners. Um, there were 20,000 windows on the motorcade route, 20,000. Mm-hmm. Normally on this sort of occasion, each window would be checked. There would be a CIA law enforcement in the buildings, making sure that all these windows were clear. The CIA decided there were too many windows, so we just won't check any of them. We haven't got enough people to, to, to station there. We just won't check any of them. It's so crazy to think that, you know, especially with this route that they took, you know, I live in Dallas, so I've driven those streets. I've actually been to the JFK Memorial Center. Yeah. You know, I've been to the grassy knoll. It, it, you know, it's just, it's so crazy to me to think of all of the vantage points that would have been around that could have posed a threat to the president. And, you know, now, of course, fast forward to 2020, we would never let the president, you know, be right. in such an exposed area without having those 20,000 windows checked or having surveillance everywhere. And honestly, mm. like ever since JFK, I know that they changed their protocol completely on how they handle, yeah. you know, presidential. Uh, I don't even think they allow you to do a motor uh, motorcade anymore, right? Yeah, I think um, JFK, uh, yeah, go on. JFK was absolutely adamant that he didn't want um too much protection because he wanted to connect with the crowds. His whole political agenda was a man of the youth. It's a new age at that time of presidency. It was less, uh, it was less closed to the public arena. It was more open. So an open top parade was essential. He was waving to the crowds. One interesting story was the bodyguard um, assigned to the previous president was actually really disappointed that when Kennedy was appointed president, he was actually detailed to the first lady. This, this aide rid on the motorcade for 75% of this motorcade. And did you know one interesting fact that less than five minutes before the president was shot, this aide got off of the president's car, went back and jumped onto the car riding behind. This is the yes. that was seen in all those images going around the world when Jackie Kennedy was scrambling on the back of the car, collecting what she was collecting. There is an aide on the back of the car reaching out to her. You'll be able to see this on the images that were showing on your screen now. This aide suffered massive depression for the best course, course of five decades. He suffered major, major mental problems because he felt he was... Not doing his job properly and responsible. Yeah, um, yeah also- he he felt he was um, he was adamant, wasn't he, that if he'd have been on the back of actually um, President Kennedy's Lincoln instead of on the vehicle behind, 
once the first shot hit Kennedy, he would have been able to get there and he would have taken the, he would have been able to take the bullet on the second one. I do want to point out the fact that a lot of scientists have, you know, tried to go back in time and, and, and figure out if there was anybody who could have really protected the president in that moment. I mean, it would have had to have been like a split second reaction that, you know, the secret serviceman would have made because all of the shots happened within six seconds. And so, you know, for it to be so quick like that, which also yeah. brings up a lot of controversy on how three shots could be shot that quickly. I mean, if you're trying to shoot sight, you know what I mean? And reload, it's just too much to happen with the only being one person being the shooter. But regardless to get on that tangent, cause we'll get there later. It, it's just one of those things where I know he probably took it to heart, but at the end of the day, I don't think he was going to save the president um, from being assassinated that day. I don't even think he could have reacted quick enough to be able to save him. And that's just my personal opinion. I agree. Oh, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, what are we saying about the, the magic bullet? Um, I don't think, I don't think it was a magic bullet. Never since before or after has there ever been any conclusive scientific analysis or evidence to suggest that a bullet has actually acted in the same way. Furthermore, this is the CIA. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I don't believe you can trust the CIA to look after your car keys while you get fuel. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think there's a problem. I think there's a big problem with this bullet and I don't like it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm finding it hard to see how a bullet um, for, uh, from the from the trajectory that it was from the east and southeast corner of the Texas School Book Depository building, sixth floor, can go through the president's neck Mm-hmm. swiftly out the other side into the right shoulder of uh, Governor Connolly through underneath the nipple into his wrist, somehow ending up in his left thigh, bearing in mind this bullet was found perfectly intact afterwards. Um, do you know what that, I think? I'm not, I'm not having that. Do, do you know what I think? I think what is possible is that, it, yes, it's gone through the president's neck. I'm buying that. And do you know what? I'll, I'll probably even buy the fact that it did hit the person in front in the shoulder yeah, what possibly. i'm not buying is the subsequent third fourth and fifth phase of the bullet i.e yeah. through the nipple wrist and, and then subsequent thigh shot and then to remain intact is putting a glossy seal on an awful lie so that's the part for me like the bullet being fully intact that like i just don't mm. i just don't believe so like yeah. you might have gotten me with you know just the bullet going through and it being able to hit somebody else and i totally get that because i'm a hunter i grew up hunting you know mm. and and i definitely understand that like bullets you know yeah they can travel through bone and then hit somebody else but here's the deal that bullet regardless of what you know they forensic really showed them it's there's just no way it would be intact the way that it was just to be perfectly placed in the way that it was. I, I just don't buy that side of the story as far as, you know, that just seemed like a setup to me. Um, and, you know, for governor Connolly too, he, um, you know, he had more bullet fragments inside of his body than actually were missing from the bullet. So how is that? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, science is science. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched Joe Rogan, but I watched kind of his take on it too. And he agrees with me that that shot was, it's an easy shot to make. Okay. So people who say that shot can't be made. No, that shot's super freaking easy. So um, like, for instance, like the shot was, I want to say it was like 80 meters away. It was a sunny day. Right. There, there was no wind. I mean, he had the vantage point. Also, like if it was Lee Harvey Oswald, which we'll get to, if it was him, he would have everything in his power to be able to know what vantage point to shoot from. So like the idea of that shot being able to be made, sure. But that bullet to not have any like thing wrong with it, almost be imperfect um, composite. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. If it feels too good to be true, it usually is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying about if it was Lee Harvey Oswald from that vantage point. This is a man who did serve in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a sharpshooter level on an M1 rifle. So this is not a man that was incapable of, you know, taking him out. Yeah. But like, I, think it's the, I think it's the bullet itself that, that is the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we'll get on to um, Lee Harvey Oswald more later, as you said. But 
yeah, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that, that this could have happened, but in through the right shoulder, into his wrist, into his left thigh. I mean, that's a yeah. hell of a journey for a bullet. That is a hell of a journey. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that 100%. There was a little bit of evidence. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but um, there was a uh, walkie-talkie that was actually like later recovered um, from one of the motor cops that, that had the sounding of a potential fourth shot. And I know that through testing and, you know, basically it was debunked, but was it debunked because they were trying to cover something up or was that walkie talkie actually telling us that first off, there's no way that one person could have shot four bullets that quickly, right? That would almost guarantee that there had to have been another person shooting at JFK but I just find it a little coincidental that that information on that walkie-talkie was completely buried. And it was it was um, important that it didn't get out to the public. And it came very last minute in the investigation of the assass- assassination too. And so it just seemed very odd to me. I don't know, did you guys hear about that? The fourth bullet? I have, I've heard of, um, they've done acoustic testing um, mm-hmm. on, on some of the, the, the audio. Um, since uh, up to quite recently as well as still being sort of done now. And they actually found six uh, echo points on the audio. There could have been up to six shots. Interesting. Rather than, rather than the original three. I, I think um, they've put um, Oswald up to it. I think the CIA have um, put him up to it. Uh, and then furthermore, they've obviously positioned their own independent shooters as well. Um, to try and obviously take this guy out and completely pin it on Lee Harvey Oswald. I think that's uh, that's that's the. That's, see, that's, that's I don't the even know if I believe that it was the CIA. I I kind of believe that it might have been Cuba. Um, you know, Cuba with okay. Russian affiliate. You know, really wanting to take out JFK because I don't know if you guys remember, but when um, the Bay of of Pigs actually happened, and you know the Operation Bumpy Road. It, there was a video of Castro slamming his shoe down on the table, telling JFK that he was going to kill him. And this, you know, would come just, you know, days before the assassination. So it, you know, it could have also been Cuba and Russia working. Um, you know, I mean, they're meddling in the U S elections too. Russia is. So to think that they wouldn't meddle in something like this, I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't really put it past them, especially with always, you know, Cuba, Cuba and Russia and basically communists in general, they want to take out the U.S. because, you know, that's just not how we roll. And uh, I mean, it would be very interesting. So maybe if it wasn't the CIA, maybe it could have been, you know, Russia or Cuba. And maybe the CIA covered it up because they didn't want a huge war, you know, with Russia and Cuba, maybe like they just thought we wouldn't win something like that. I'm not sure. There's so many different ways. And, you know, if you connect the string and the dot, it could go a lot of different ways as far as who was really put up to this. So what we've got now is we've got to a point where the president's dead. Um, Linda B. Johnson is on Air Force One being sworn in. Mm-hmm. James, do you want to take it, take it away to the subsequent aftermath of the event? Yeah, so Lyndon B. Johnson was sworn in. Um, Very important to note that he insisted that Jackie Kennedy was stood next to him when he was sworn in. Mm -hmm. She she was stood next to him as he was sworn in in the bloodstained clothes that she was wearing in the Lincoln when Kennedy was shot. Um, All you know, in a sign of from his point of view in a sign of uh, you know that she was um, okay. endorsing him mm-hmm. you know so it, we come to the point obviously somebody is uh, ultimately going to be made responsible for this yeah that man is lee harvey oswald yeah everybody knows that name everybody's heard of that name mm-hmm. but do we really know the man do we really know who that is he had ties so, to russia Lee Harvey Oswald was a Russian sympathizer. Mm-hmm. He was former, uh, he was a, a US Marine. He defected to the Soviet Union in the late 50s, 1957. He spent five years living in Minsk, uh, in which what would now be known as Belarus. 
mm-hmm. in those days, heavily part of the Soviet Union. So uh, he actually tried to denounce his American citizenship during this time. Terrorist. Move back. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Treason. Treason. Uh, tre- treason. treason. You would say that's treason. Almost the uh, 1960s version of Edward Snowden, if you like. Um, so he was very, very uh, obviously a, uh, he was a Marxist at the end of the day. Yeah. Came back over to America and eventually settled in Dallas, Texas with his Russian wife, Marina. Uh-huh. Two weeks before the shooting, he was spent time down in Mexico City at the Russian embassy. Interesting. Very interesting, very interesting to note. On the day of the shooting, so Lee Harvey Oswald is actually an employee of the Texas uh, School Book Depository. Yeah. So he was in the building. Lee Harvey Oswald was known to the FBI and he was under FBI surveillance. He, the FBI did not make the CIA aware of this in the lead up to the, um, the visit of JFK. Uh, the CIA would, uh, if they'd have known that the motorcade was going past a building of employment for a Marxist Russian sympathizer as you say, Kelsey, a terrorist, a man who is a former sharpshooter in the U.S. Marine Corps, you would say that's a dangerous move. Well, I would say the person in charge of the route needs to be seriously, seriously reprimanded. But you would also say if you wanted the president out of the way, what wouldn't that be a sensible move? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that would be sensible. And you know, what's just so crazy is the fact that he would be in that exact location with the motorcade going right through and right past where he would be working. I mean, if you think about it, he had, you know, days to prepare for this assassination. He had time to really think it through, um, you know, to practice, so to speak, to make sure that he hit and he hit and you know, and killed the president. And so, I mean, yes, of course, I believe the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald was a part of this. I'm not going to discredit the fact that he was a part of the assassination of JFK. I just don't think he was the only one involved. Yeah, I agree. So after the shooting, Lee Harvey Oswald, he leaves the, the Texas School Book Depository building. 90 seconds it took him to get out of there and, and flee. He firstly gets onto a bus. The mm-hmm. panic that ensues after the the um, the shooting obviously creates a lot of traffic, makes the tra- public transport difficult. Straight off the bus into a taxi cab, back to his home, which yeah. is a short journey away from the, the, the Dealey Plaza. Into his home for a short occasion. By this point, he'd already actually been identified as a potential suspect in the killing. He mm-hmm. comes out of his home and he goes uh, on foot out of his home he encounters a police officer i've got his name written down here jd tippett jd tippett is in his car lee harvey oswald there's a confrontation people nobody knows what was said it could have been anything jd tippett gets out of his car approaches lee harvey oswald he shoots him four times including once in the head kills him um incidentally the bullets in jd tippett were confirmed to be from the revolver that was on Lee Harvey Oswald when he was caught. He flees the scene of that, goes to a local movie theatre, enters a movie theatre, doesn't buy a ticket. This again causes, causes um, you know, raises alarm to him. He is eventually found in the movie theatre by yeah. police who are in the area. He's gone in there, etc., etc. Um, they confront him and allegedly... His words were, upon seeing the police, don't worry, it's all over now. Mm-hmm. Struggle, there's a struggle, he reaches for his gun, he's arrested. He's then taken to the police station uh, in Dallas. Yeah. He's questioned for 12 hours. No notes, no recordings, no record of any of the, these interviews are taken. So that's 12 hours for the number one suspect of probably the biggest crime in America for many, many years. No record 
of any of those interviews at all. He was given no legal representation. He was given no phone call. What's going on there? Well, I think personally, I think it's an absolute outrage. You're telling me that the leader of the free world, the world's most important person, as it were, the, the murderer of this person, goes to a police station and there wasn't any notes taken. That is absolutely cynical. Um, it's, it's frighteningly poor. It's almost as if it was meant to you know, no one take notes. I think as far as I'm concerned, the stars are aligning to something more heavily sinister. The question is here, is he the fall guy or is he the actual man who pulled the trigger? Well, it's a insane. Poll, a recent poll was done and 59% of Americans believe that there was some type of conspiracy against, you know, yeah. revolving around the assassination of JFK. I'm sorry, 59%. That's more than half of the population in America think that there's just something sinister at work here. And I have to say that it's part of, you know, just like what you were saying, James, like missing all of that in, you know, that evidence that should have been released to the American people. This is our, you know, the president of the United States. And yet I yeah. felt like Americans were left in the dark for quite some time, um, you know, and also not to mention the fact that they had gotten the Zapruder film right away. Yeah. But it took 12 years before the public could see these frames from this video that shows the assassination of JFK. And I, I just think that that's really interesting. So much information was withheld from the American people. And my question is, why? Um, do you think that they that they had this film and they could have docu uh, you know, uh, doctored some of these footages? Let's just think they've had 12 years to play with these images, to manipulate the images and release maybe a set of images to the wider public world that they wanted us to see. Well, if they doctored yeah. it, they did a really bad job because when you look at frame 313, you, you see that, you know, JFK not only falls forward from being shot by supposedly Lee Harvey Oswald from the back, but he also falls back this way, which would say that he got shot in the chest from the grassy knoll um, you know, so in my opinion, if you did have time to rework those images, you did a poor job because it even yeah. grew more conspiracy around his death and how it could have just been one shooter in one location based off of those images. I think it's quite conceivable that there was more than one shooter. Mm -hmm. um, there is allegedly a second film footage mm -hmm. which shows the, the the famous grassy knoll yeah. where there was uh somebody seen on the grassy knoll there were puffs of smoke seen which could have come from a bullet this film hasn't been seen since the 1978 house select committee on, of, on assassinations where incidentally they concluded the i've got i've got a quote here the committee believed on the basis of evidence available to it that President JFK was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy. Hmm. Although they did go on to say the committee is unable to identify the identity of the other gunman or the extent of the conspiracy. This is an official government committee that have said that in 1978. So what's that, 15 years after the event? Mm -hmm. This second film uh, as well, uh, belonged to a man and his granddaughter Cynthia Nix Jackson mm -hmm. she actually sued the US government for 10 million dollars or wow. the re or the return of the footage wow she she never she never received the footage did she receive you know, the money i don't know i don't know it depends how good her lawyer was she probably was probably settled out of court in the end but the second footage um, is, is gone missing. Nobody knows where that footage is. So if there wasn't something, you know, sinister in works here, why would that not be released? I mean, I think that, again, the reason why 59% of Americans believe that this assassination could have happened is because of all these 
unconnected dots that just seem yeah. to constantly be piling up around the JFK assassination. And whether you're a conspiracy theorist or not, the thing that you have to ask yourself is why are all of these boxes unchecked? And why were they so quick to instantly turn their attention to Lee Harvey Oswald? It was almost yeah. like they knew who their scapegoat was going to be. Yeah. They honed in on him because I'll be completely honest. If you're looking at an assassination investigation and you're really doing a true investigation, forget about assassination. If somebody gets murdered, you're definitely going to think of all angles that you could work on who potentially murdered and not hone in on just one person. And then also not document any of the conversations that you have with this person or anything that they said. I mean, that just, it's all just seems a little suspicious to me. Yeah, so this, this is effectively, this was an open and shut case uh, within 12 hours. Now, unheard of. Yeah, unheard of. Now, if you were the prosecution, would you have fancy taking this one to trial with the limited evidence you had on Lee Harvey Oswald? Bearing in mind, okay, they found the rifle in mm -hmm. at the out at the sixth uh, sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository Building, mm -hmm. southeast corner in the sixth floor window. They found the gun. They found conveniently free cartridges, empty cartridges for the free shots, which obviously the free shot from the official story of the Warren Commission, which was incidentally set up by Lyndon B. Johnson, had the head of the CIA sat on it. That was the official story. They conveniently found three empty cartridges, one gun from the man, from the building where the man who they said did it worked. Now, would you fancy taking that to trial for all these extenuating factors? Um, no. Do you, know, do you know what? No, I wouldn't, because you're up against the government and the government are potentially the perpetrators of the crime in question. Therefore, you're up against uh, uh, an establishment. Uh, you're up against a country. You're not yeah. going to win. Yeah. You cannot win. They wanted so how, to be the, the face of they wanted to basically bring somebody to justice quickly. But yeah. to think about all of this happening as fast as it as fast as it did, I think that it left more questions than answers because you didn't yeah. have enough time to really make sure that you researched every avenue that it could have potentially been. So if it was Cuba and it was Russia, you didn't even give yourself the opportunity to dive deep into that or to, you know, just try to even entertain that idea. They just went straight for Lee Harvey Oswald. They said that he acted alone, which... I mean, after what you just said, James, about him being in Mexico before meeting with the Cuban government, I mean, do you really think he acted alone? Uh, like, no. I know uh, he had no. guns, but like, no. come on. What they did do after the 12-hour interview process, um, he was, I mean, there was obviously a heavy media presence. He was seen in front of cameras, and he actually said in front of cameras, I'm a patsy, I'm a fall yeah. guy. He said this. Um, obviously, Lee Harvey Oswald was probably going to talk. Uh, maybe didn't hold up his end of the bargain. I don't know. What would be the easiest way to get rid of Lee Harvey Oswald in this situation? Terminate him. Pow, pow. So what happened to Lee Harvey Oswald? He was um, incredibly in front of cameras with policemen uh, in the basement of the uh, Dallas police station, enter Jack Ruby, uh, Dallas nightclub owner with heavy ties to the mob and the mafia, shady nightclub in Dallas, mm -hmm. very well known for being involved in illegal activities, uh, always left alone by the police. This is a man that's known to the authorities with heavy, heavy ties to the, to the mob. Yeah. which uh, he, uh, out of nowhere, seems, to, seems appears, shoots Lee Harvey Oswald in cold blood, live on television in front of the world. Lee Harvey Oswald uh, is, is then dead. Yeah, the first ever televised... This is, two days, this is two days after the Kennedy assassination. So within two days, he's been interviewed uh, with no record of any of that, put in front of the world's media, claims he's been set up as a patsy and a fool guy, and then all within the space of two days, and then he's shot in cold blood on television. Crazy, I mean, come right? on. The one thing that I will say about Ruby, 
is the fact that the only thing that doesn't add up about his story that really just has me on the fence is the fact that his dog was in the car at the time of all of this. And he cared a lot about his dachshund. So if you know you're going to shoot and kill somebody, like why do you leave your dog in the car? And then also too, he was supposed to be in that area to pay a dancer of his. So you see that he pays the dancer and then he ends up, you know, shooting Lee Harvey Oswald. So a lot of people think that he did it basically to be the hero, but you know, I just think it's very coincidental that, you know, you can tell that Lee Harvey Oswald starting to sing like a canary and then he dies. So I, I just, I don't know if, if that was staged or if he thought, okay, well, if I check all these boxes, no one will think I actually went there to kill Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. Um, but I just mm-hmm. had to point that out because I know that that's a big um, source of controversy yeah. with him actually being the person that, that shot Lee. Well, when he was um, wrestled to the ground by the police, um, he actually shouted out and exclaimed, I'm Jack Ruby. You will know me. It was the first ever televised homicide Crazy. in the history of the world. Um, a police officer yelled, Jack, you son of a bitch, when he did it as well. Um, that's three facts reeled off straight away. I mean, Jack Ruby, you're right, James, in talking about his ties to the mafia, ties to the criminal underworld of organized crime. Um, I can also see, uh, Kelsey, where you're coming out. He wanted to be the hero. Maybe, you know, the president's dead. I mean, if you go and kill the perpetrator or president, maybe he thought he could have got away with it. Um, I you know, think this that, that you know, could have been it. He thought he was thing. like, um, I'm killing the guy who assassinated the president. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe. Unfortunately he could have been him, a hero. Well, unfortunately for him, four years later, he dies behind bars in, again, acrimonious circumstances. James, you want to carry on taking it away? Yeah, so um, obviously touching on Jack Ruby, we we are entering sort of the world of the of the mafia and the mob. Now, mm-hmm. in the direct aftermath of the JFK assassination, actually three separate mafias claimed responsibility for the killing of JFK. You had the Miami mob, the Chicago mob, and the New Orleans mob. All claim responsibility. Now, the Chicago, the Chicago mob at the time was run. The head of the Chicago mob was a guy called Sam Giancana. Um, mm-hmm. So he was actually um, a man who made a lot of money during Prohibition in Chicago. It was bootlegging industry. Now, at that time, Jack JFK's father was heavily involved in that, and they actually worked together um, unofficially. and made a lot of money together during that period in prohibition in America. So the Kennedy family did have history with the mob. It's, it's um, widely believed as well that the mob actually played a big role in gaining votes for uh, JFK in, in the election against Nixon. Mm -hmm. There's a a lot of um, people within the mob actually claim we won the, the election for JFK. Now, this Sam Giancana guy had some, he did have some ties to um, JFK. They actually shared a mistress, uh, a lady called Judith Exner. They both had her as a mistress. So JFK and Sam Giancana, the head of the Chicago mob, which Mm -hmm. is a very interesting tidbit. Um, Seemed to be the norm at the time to have a mistress, as we as we heard with um, Lyndon B. Johnson as well, James. Um, and Sam Giancana himself was also assassinated in 1975, right before he was supposed to testify uh, as to his role in an assassination, um, a CIA assassination plot. For wow. who we don't know. But th- this is this is a character who is worth mentioning. Um, Jack Ruby being part of the, the mafia, the mob, the mob involvement is worth noting, especially with the Kennedys family and its ties to the mob. Well, definitely. Yeah. And I know that the mob has affiliation with Cuba, too, you know, and yeah. where they get a lot of their drugs from and we're pumping in. So it could have all been tied together in some bigger, yeah. larger grand scheme that they're just not even looking into because I think... I think that if you look at, okay, so let's just look at JFK and what he stood for, right? He stood for equality, for world peace, for, for, you know, of course, ending communism, which is something that, you know, we didn't want at the time, but it's, 
it's frustrating to me to kind of look at JFK had recently put in a proposal um, for the Civil Rights Act, which would pass in 1964. So after his assassination, right? But that proposal was basically to outlaw discrimination, right? It was discrimination against race. Um, it was against religion. Um, you know, of course, just making sure that segregation wasn't happening and really trying to end um, a lot of the the issues that were kind of holding back Americans. He also wanted to have more Black Americans be able to vote. So he's trying to help with, with really allowing them to have a voice and be heard. And I think that his, this was very controversial back in the 60s, if you think about it, because this is huge, right? You know, we just yeah. were going through right now the Black Lives Matter movement. And when you think of the Civil Rights Act, and it being passed after JFK, maybe they thought assassinating him would stop this in its tracks and stop it from ever being passed, right? Because it had gone to Congress multiple times and had constantly not gone through. But I think that kind of backfired on potentially the government if that's if they were involved, because then it ended up passing in 1964. But I don't know if you if you think of just how vocal he was about wanting equality and wanting justice and wanting to help human rights and this this act. I mean, that could have also caused turmoil within potentially the mafia, the CIA, the FBI, whoever higher up maybe just didn't want that to happen. Because as you guys have probably seen on the news, racism still exists in America and it is still rampant. And so that is something that was even worse back before the civil rights act was passed. So I can't even imagine if that could have potentially had something to do with, you know, the government's hatred for JFK. I think there's an issue in America, um, my own personal opinion, with presidents and the CIA. So just take a look at Bill Clinton. Okay. Massive, massive criminal drug charges that he's been involved in, mm -hmm. uh, alleged cocaine habit. Um, we was in business with people on the inside of the CIA back yep. in the late 70s and all the way through the 80s. Mm -hmm. George Bush Sr., his old job title is the head of the CIA. I think the CIA is an issue. Now, let's not forget JFK's, one of his main roles and one of his main policies was to shut down the CIA. Yeah, He didn't like the CIA. Well, because they were pumping drugs into communities and it's been proven there's documentaries yeah. on it. yeah like it's just it's just crazy because maybe jfk really was you know this what the american people wanted at the time which was somebody to take care of them and to be their voice right but what do you do you silence that voice because he was getting too much traction there was too much of an uprise that was revolving around jfk and and i think that the power was what needed to be taken back so if you think about his assassination there's a lot of reasons why it could why it happened right there's mm -hmm. just there's too many open doors to not open each one, research it, and just learn a little bit about, you know, just the what ifs. Yeah, for, for me, it's, um, we, we did a, um, a similar, similar thing with 9-11, James, didn't we? And uh, I'll say the same thing about this that I would say, that I said about 9-11. An environment was created in which this was allowed to happen. Yeah, uh, it's so, there's so many factors. There's so much to unpack. You can't say it was one thing, but I'll tell you what I do. What you can say, it certainly wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald acting alone. No. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Just look at Pearl Harbor false flag operation. Just look yeah. at this potential false flag operation. Nine Eleven false flag operation. It goes on and on and on. And what's next? Yeah. That, that's that's I make one prediction today. There will be something else in the future. And to be honest, we're probably due for something. Um, if, if, you know, if, if history is anything to go by, it seems to be every 30 years or so something will happen. Um, well, we're already dealing with a huge, you know, just wild time right now with COVID and, you know, with yeah. the riots in the streets and, you know, just the, the search for equality. I mean, there's lots of things happening right now that I think people are just, you know, they're sick of basically being, you know, the strings being pulled by whoever the puppeteer is. And I think exactly. that's where, think about it, that's like the source of all conspiracies, right? Is who is the one pulling the strings 
And that's what can be pulled back to every single one of these conspiracy theories. Cause just like your guys' video of 9-11, which if you haven't watched everybody who's watching this right now, go watch the 9-11, because I feel like you guys did a really, really great job diving deep into that conspiracy and just, you know, adding so many what ifs that you can't just definitively say that that was a terrorist attack. And just like you can't definitively say that Lee Harvey Oswald killed was the only person who assassinated JFK, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's almost it's almost absurd. You know, mm-hmm. these official these official um, explanations of these things. I, I think they're almost an insult to the public's intelligence. Yeah, um, for sure. You like, know, yeah. the Warren the nine eleven commission. commission. Gosh, the nine eleven commission, the Warren Commission. You know, I'll give you some quotes from the Warren Commission. No evidence that Oswald was involved with any person or group in a conspiracy to assassinate the president. That was an official quote from the Warren Commission. I mean, we just found out, like you just told us, that he met with the Mexican government. He also tried to denounce his citizenship. Like, come on, like, how can you definitively say that? he didn't have any affiliation with any country that was trying to overthrow the United States. Like that's yeah. just, he was, he was, he was known to the FBI. What if he's known to the FBI and that actually he's under yeah. FBI surveillance for what? Yeah. For, well, you know, for being, being, being a bad man on his own. Like, no. Well, I've, well, I've got two sayings. There's one's a previous title of one of our podcasts, which is called, there's no smoke about fire. No. Secondly, Black Eyed Peas released a track in the early 2000s called Where Is The Love. One of the lyrics in that song, if you know your music, is the truth is kept secret. It's swept under the rug. And that's where they're talking about politics and they're talking about and stuff like that. And it's um, it seems to be the truth. It seems to be, you know, I mean, Kelsey, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, a, a, a separate rabbit hole that does need opening and, and, and falling down into is who on earth is pulling the strings? What's yeah. going on here? We, we, we argue uh, amongst ourselves sometimes where we talk about the new, world, the new world order. We talk about the Freemasons and their involvement and the Illuminati. Are these yeah. the people that's running everything? Just look at the Russian interference, not only in America's election and politics, they're also here in the UK as well. There's no two ways about it. They are everywhere. It's just Russia being Russia. So, you know, I mean, if I was, in, if I was these people... Why are they not playing in the Russian elections? Well, the J, like JFK actually even tried to warn the American people of these secret governments and these secret, secret societies. Yeah. Societies. Yeah. Because he, he, he called them out, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, with that being said, like, I, I just, I think that they do exist. And I actually believe that you know, the reason why Donald Trump is the president right now for the U.S. is because he is the perfect puppet to for somebody to pull the strings. I don't think that he is the one calling the shots. I think he's just no. very easily manipulated. And I think that it's even higher than him, but he is so corrupt. And uh, I think that it just makes it easier to have somebody who's corrupt like that than it, somebody like JFK who really wanted to do good and he really wanted to help and change the world to make it a better place. And unfortunately, people like that don't make it far in politics. We've seen this happen time and time again, especially with the U.S. election, um, with like not allowing Bernie Sanders, for instance, to even make it on a ballot because he is too too good of a person, you know, and too, he would he wouldn't be able to be manipulated to get into that position. And so I agree with you, you know, Harrison, on why don't we meddle in the Russian election? I think that we probably meddle in so many things that we just don't know about. And that's the yeah. reality yeah. that we'll never know the what one, our true involvement is in anything that goes on in the world. The, the one criticism that the world do have uh, against the West is um, they sometimes feel that, that we're often accused of snobbery and we're often accused of trying to police the world. Mm-hmm. um is it our job to do that when you really think about it is it um I'll, I'll tell you one fact fact today the united states of america are the only nation in history within its first 200 years of inception to have four presidents assassinated wow four. that's every 50 years on average and a president a president of the united states gets assassinated that's crazy, crazy. Mm. Mm-hmm. unbelievable 
Um, one one little uh, quote I would like to throw out there, or a quote, is very prominent with with uh, this situation. JFK, nice guys finish last. Yep. So you true. know, Donald Trump, as you use him as an example, Kelsey currently very much not a nice guy in many many ways. Oh. He oh. is. I I. I couldn't comment because i don't know uh, no, I understand. and i you know um, but watch this, if you're a trump fan by all means you're allowed to you know love who you love but i just personally view him as evil i'm sorry but i yeah just so donald trump in the words of kelsey Steele, is an evil man he is currently the president of america and he probably will be again in a couple of months time sorry to tell you kelsey that's just I my know. feeling um he is not a nice guy. He's in the most powerful job in the world. JFK uh, tried to promote real change, equality, uh, social reform, um, disbanding of so-called, uh, you know, secret societies, the CIA. He was trying to get interest-free money put out into the system, all changes for good. Yeah. He ends up with his brain splattered all over his wife's dress. I mean... I think not, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I love about President Kennedy, the one thing um, from from someone living on the other side of the world mm-hmm. is that he won the space race and opened up doors for the birth of the European Space Agency. He paved the way for space to be made available to everyone. And as someone who loves the universe and loves space with a passion, yeah. um, the one thing I'm thankful to JFK for is getting those young scientists. He, he picked the brains of the youngest yeah. most brightest students and put them in there at NASA to go out there and deliver a job. And then my final point, before we make one summary, we'll all ask the question, what do we think? Is it a conspiracy? Is it not? The mm-hmm. one thing I will say on Trump that people don't want to hear that is true, he says it as it is. There's no lies. There's no filters with him. Okay, that might be lies. So I'll take that back. But there's no filter. <laughs> no filter. And that's why sometimes some people can find him amusing. It's not to say they support him, but they can find him amusing because sometimes when you look at a politician, it's boring. It's flat. He yeah, does offer entertainment awesome. value. Yeah. He called out Bill Clinton on, on being a, on, 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 let's say, issues that have affected him in his past. Should we say with Bill Clinton, he called him out, which was the right thing to do. Um, and, that's a, and that's another podcast on the Clintons and their shady history. Um, but, you know, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, I don't think it matter who's in charge, because what we've uncovered tonight is that it's not actually them that's running things at all, is it? No. It's the people that's pulling the strings behind. Um, um, so as we near the end of the podcast, we're going to go round. We're going to say, is it a conspiracy or did Lee Harvey Oswald genuinely on his own assassinate the president i'm going to open up james let's go to you first what do you think i think there's absolutely no way on this earth or anywhere that lee harvey oswald acting alone with three bullets in one reasonably okay italian rifle took out the most powerful man in the world not having it so from that perspective, yes, it is a conspiracy. It's a cover-up. Who else is responsible? I don't know. Like I said before, an environment was created where you could point the finger at multiple areas of uh, American culture and society at that time. Was it the mafia? Was it Russia? Was it Cuba? Was it a, a communist thing? Was it Lyndon B. Johnson just who, who wanted him out of the way so he could be the president? Who knows? Um, again, but was it Lee Harvey Oswald on his own? No, no way. Um, I'll get mine out of the way and then we'll allow Kelsey to close. We'll allow her to uh, open and close the, the, the podcast. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, in terms of, of what I'm feeling, um, this, this pistol or rifle that was brought by, by Mr. Oswald was $19.95. Yeah. You can buy super soakers these days worth more. Um, did he take out the most powerful man in the world? Absolutely not. Did he have a clear shot at him? Yes, he did. Um, I I don't think he's I don't think he's done it. 
uh, I think he's the fall guy. I, in fact, I think he's the perfect fall guy because they know when people around the world look at this guy's background and his history and those ever so strong binary links to communism, the links to Russia, it fits the bill perfectly. He is what you would call the perfect fall guy. My opinion is that he didn't kill John F. Kennedy. The people who killed John F. Kennedy are still out there today. They know they did it. Um, and anyone with a brain cell would probably probably know that they did it. Um, my, my overall overriding verdict is Lee Harvey Oswald did not kill JFK. Kelsey? Okay. Well, as much as I'd love to play devil's advocate in this situation and say, no, absolutely not. Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone and, you know, he did it himself and the evidence proves it. I think that the evidence completely disproves that he did it on his own. And I think that that's really, you know, from a scientific standpoint, which is always what I hang my hat on. I have to look at the science. I have to look at the data and the data basically you know, leads up to the fact that, you know, it's just not possible for him to have acted alone. And, you know, with that being said, I think that we have clearly painted a picture of JFK's assassination for you, who he was as a president. Um, you know, the, the assassination itself and the aftermath of the assassination. And I hope that we have raised a few questions for you to consider, um, you know, do you really think that his assassination was um, a one-man job or do you think it was an inside job and so that's our our goal with doing this podcast is just to have you ask those questions and to really leave you just wanting to do more research for yourself don't always believe everything that people try to tell you I think that research is something that you should always do for yourself so after this dive deep down that rabbit hole because there's a lot of information out there on both sides of the argument and I hope that we were able to paint enough of a picture for you to draw your own conclusion. Um, but with that being said, that's the assassination of JFK. Anything else you want to add, boys? Yes. Um, one thing, um, listeners of the TTM podcast, uh, first of all, you need to get yourself onto YouTube and get onto the channel called Glamour and Goosebumps, which is Kelsey's individual channel. They cover stories incredibly, such as the Bigfoot story, such as the Haunted Asylum. She also has the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Mm -hmm. Lots of stuff in, in terms of makeup. Um, an absolutely fantastic channel, one into which you need to get to. So that channel again, Glamour and Goosebumps. Furthermore, TTM podcasts available on all major reputable professional platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're even on LinkedIn. We're everywhere. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the TTM podcast in association with Kelsey and Glamour and Goosebumps. Have a great day. Bye. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.